0: Baker, Director of the Canadian Small Church Ministry Centre, and this is us, Canadian Small Churches in Action podcast. We have a special guest with us today, and I am looking forward very much to what she has to say about community. And I think over these last few years, one of the most important parts of uh, living in this world has been the need for community and the great the great advantage that community has. So I'm going to let her tell you what her name is and some of her own ministry background. And then we're just going to jump in and you're going to enjoy this. Uh, take it away, Sandra, go for it.
1: Hi, Hi. thanks so much, Ron. Um, yes, my name is Sandra Ryan. And I've been in ministry for over 30 years. And most of that time um, was spent in community-based churches is what I will call them. So um, very linked in with the communities. Um, more In more recent years, I've been at the People's Church, and the principles that I've learned through my community-based experience, I've really tried to bring to a larger church um, atmosphere, and, and uh, it's it's been challenging,
2: yeah, actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's been challenging to be at a at a larger church and what what we would consider a commuter church. We've got mm. people from all different areas. But it has really distilled for me some of the principles that are unchanging if we are going to be a faith community. So it's been a really exciting journey and experience to see to see these principles lived out in different areas. So I began my ministry um learning in an indigenous community in Northern British Columbia. Uh, Just, that was a a really foundational experience for my ministry and and set a beautiful tone. The way that the people in that village lived out community, um, lived out their faith. Um, Then I was transferred to Russia with the Salvation Army and uh, served in Russia. Again, basically starting community-based churches um, throughout Russia and um did that for just about 10 years and then came back to canada and served in regent park so really diverse experiences but again these same beautiful community principles lived out in different settings um and uh now i'm here at the people's church in toronto
0: all right so you you've you've sort of already got me started on my next question that i was going to ask is um, when you consider community-based church and that type of thing, um, what are some ways that we we enter into the community? Well, let's 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 just throw it out to you and say, well, start talking about principles of of community-based church.
1: Okay, um, so the number one principle for me, and not surprising, is <laughs> <laughs> love your neighbor, mm-hmm. and and that can't be a throwaway phrase um it, it it is a deeply theological statement that that jesus makes when he in, when he weds that with love your god love your the lord your god with all your heart mind soul and strength and love your neighbors as, as yourself and you know and he he weds those two um two realities together to say it's like breathing like breathing in and breathing That's out and and although it's a, a, like love the lord your god um Although it's a deeply theological statement, it's a deeply practical statement. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you come into relationship with God, He transforms us to be able to love our neighbors. And and by that, I I, I know that He means um, the people living around you. And and sometimes we miss that in the church. Like <laughs> love your neighbors, be a good neighbor. Yeah. If if we all just took that seriously and really set our hearts to being loving neighbors i think right there we'd be transformed so that's the the foundational principle that i'd really like to put out to people actually love your neighbors and then as you as you allow the spirit to really work in your heart neighbor becomes i'm going to say broader and broader but it doesn't mean that that you know this onslaught of people (laughs) come into your heart but but that the holy spirit has the ability to say um to keep redefining neighbor for you because loving your neighbor is an act of obedience you know so um so asking that question that that was asked in the bible well who is my neighbor if we ask that every day we'll know the neighbor living around us that actually needs the phone call or needs us to go mow their lawn, or needs us to just drop by for a conversation. And um, I know that in big church, that's actually more challenging than small church. So in this way, small church really has the advantage. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: um, bringing that to big church um, has actually been a challenge, which is why I'm so passionate about making sure people who are participating in a community-based church and people who are participating in commuter church continue Mm -hmm. to have conversation so that smaller churches community-based churches rural churches have the opportunity to say this is how we do relationship and just bring that challenge back to people who are perhaps attending and then going back home and Mm -hmm. it's become a bit compartmentalized for them so that's sort of the number one principle okay Um, and then i'll 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 leave it at that for now, and and we can talk. I think more principles will come out.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm sure they will. I, I I listen to you, and I I immediately think of small church. I mean, I've been a pastor of a small church and a rural church, and the the thing that we've always prided ourselves on as churches is oh, we're relationally based. But sometimes that that can be thrown. Uh, how will I put this nicely? I'll try and put it nicely um we get bitterness we we have things that happen if you had other principles for community that deal with how relationships sometimes get um get weird (laughs) how what what kind of principles can you put in play or have you put in place again
1: jesus gave it to us um first of all when he said when, when the gentleman asked the question well who is my neighbor
2: mm-hmm. that
1: that precede is preceded by trying to justify himself right. <laughs> and and so we we do find i mean i i know that it's not you know uh disney in in smaller <laughs> villages but if we sincerely ask that question and try instead of trying to justify ourselves again um relationships can get very cliquey and well, these are my neighbors. like, yeah. so I, I take care of this neighbor, and this is my neighbor. and, and what we do hides what we omit, right?
2: Oh, and, and that
1: that justifies us not loving this neighbor <laughs> because <laughs> I'm busy loving this neighbor. And And I think that's what that whole phrase means, trying to justify himself. Um, and I know that he was probably leading Jesus into like, take care of your Jewish people, you know, take, yeah. take care of your own. Uh, take care of the the people that are like you, um, and and so that's why the 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 answer that Jesus gives is so gently but firmly radical. Yeah, you yeah. know By saying um, he doesn't answer the man's question, he doesn't tell him who is your neighbor. He says who was the neighbor, mm-hmm. and turns the question right back to the man's heart. And so I think the principle is. Let the Holy Spirit define and answer that question for any given day. And if if the Holy Spirit is leading you to those people who always make too much noise after seven o'clock when you're (laughs) trying to watch a television show, then the principle of, of, and it sounds harsh, but principle of loving your enemy then kicks in. Jesus doesn't give us any wiggle space to say, Mm -hmm. yes, but... Um, and and the Holy Spirit will really guide, and particularly as communities, rural communities, um, larger urban communities, of course, but will become increasingly multi-ethnic. And that is where we need to open up our boundaries and say, well, you know, we don't even know this person. We don't eat like this person. We don't even speak their language. Um, again the principle is listen to the spirit and be obedient and act in love and if there is hurt and offense then jesus says uh my spirit will give you what you need yeah. to work through that mm-hmm.
0: so it, there there is a a sense of fear that comes with with moving out into loving your neighbor and into your community
2: mm-hmm.
0: what kind of fears have you encountered what have people talked about as they've as they've been being as they're pushing themselves into the community
1: um i've i've encountered among christians i've encountered a lot of fear of uh becoming unclean i'm going to use that biblical term um so i find that christians really huddle together and they hang out with just just with christians Mm -hmm. and they want their kids to just hang out with christian kids and I, I do understand as a parent um, the desire to to not um, put your kids in a bad place or anything but how are they the, the Bible says how are they going to hear if nobody tells them if, if if nobody shows them what it's like to to have a beautiful meal and to have prayer after the meal and to have really good wholesome conversation if if you're only inviting your Christian friends over <laughs> um if if you're only hanging out um, uh, you know, I, I know parents who started Christian Hockey League and mm-hmm. and their whole world is defined by that. And and I, I guess my heart really goes out and says, so how are people going to how are people going to really experience that genuine relationship? And I, again, I think Jesus modeled that so clearly and said, you know, the healthy don't need a doctor. Mm-hmm. And and if you have a choice between one evening inviting a neighbor who doesn't know Jesus over for a dinner, and and neighbors who are really really firm in the kingdom, I would encourage those neighbors to invite someone else over, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And you invite the non-Christian family over for dinner and just have a beautiful beautiful time together. So I think that's the greatest fear. And and Jesus said, you know, in the in the Old Testament. They weren't allowed to touch anything unclean because they would become unclean. Right. But then Jesus reverses that principle and he says, no, whatever is unclean, if you touch it in my name, it becomes clean. Mm-hmm. And and so he gives us the power to be the beautiful influencers and to be able to withstand if if somebody doesn't agree with you or has a different faith or or different politics. That's a big one lately.
2: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: and 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 so don't be afraid of that. Um, and and uh, don't be quick to argue. Allow the Holy Spirit to work. If somebody says, you know, well, no, I believe this and this and this and this, then just gently oh. wait for an opportunity to say, okay, and I believe this. Um, so so that's the greatest fear. And the second I just touched on it is they have a, a great fear that they have to defend their faith. Right. We talk to about that a lot. We don't. We don't. We need to live our faith, and the Holy Spirit. God can defend Himself, <laughs> and and so we just have to be beautiful ambassadors. The Scripture says um, we have to be ministers of reconciliation, and and uh, and and so I I think that there's always this fear that we've got to stand up, and the world sort of drags us into that arena. So I, I would say those are the greatest two greatest fears, and then you've got this ongoing um and and i'm just going to call it out for what it is Mm -hmm. racism just racism people are uh people it's still deeply embedded in people to not love people who do not look like them people who do not speak like them or eat like them and um we have to really root that out of our spirits in order to be good neighbors to everyone so i would say those are three of the key fears that i've seen
0: Okay. So you said root them out of our spirits. How do, how do you tell me more about how you would see that?
1: Well, right now, um, our church is, is if if you came to our church, you would Mm say, wow, what a multicultural church. Yeah, We have over 70 languages spoken at our church Ah. and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely a beautiful community, but, um, uh, it's there. Um, racism is there and, and again, it's that principle of if it if it all if if we're more accepting than some other people, we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do that deeper work to say no there's there's still some attitudes that need to be shifted here. And so, like any transformational process, it's about allowing the light of Christ
2: mm-hmm.
1: to shine into your relationships, into your attitudes, into you how you're viewing somebody or, or why you're why you're feeling uncomfortable about reaching out to that person or stopping to have a conversation with that person. What is that in me and allowing that the Holy spirit to just do that searching, um, you know, uh, search my heart. Um, the, the beautiful prayer from the Psalm and, and then being willing to accept that, that correction and, and say, yeah, I don't want that to be part of who I am and how I see other people.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay I'm going to jump to a whole um, other question here. Okay. And that is uh, let's take three communities that you've that you've been in. Uh the indigenous group uh northern BC right is that
1: Northern Brit- yeah. yeah okay. Yeah.
0: Then then in Russia and then I would call it um, down Downtown Toronto would that be a yeah. good way to put Regent Park? Or... uh
1: no, it, that right. might be a bit misleading because yeah. downtown Toronto now is oh. very gentrified.
0: Yes, it so is, it's isn't it? A
1: very, uh, yeah, it's, it's become a, quite a posh place to live. Yeah. So Regent Park was uh, the largest government housing project in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so the entire community was government housing, and um, so it would would have been called a high priority neighborhood right. so there was high levels of crime um violence it was a very very uh cut off community i would say mm. um and and uh but it also had an incredibly strong sense of community sense of identity uh people looked out for one another so there were some very wonderful aspects of that okay
0: you're community. you're starting you're starting to touch on on my question right. which which is that you have three different communities. If you could look into each of those communities, how would you see their community building happening? Uh, how, how did it happen?
1: So the, the community that I lived in at the beginning, uh, they're the niska people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the niska are, are probably one of the healthiest of the, the First Nations. Um, in terms of having kept their language, kept their culture. And so this this was built in to how they live. Um, They they had four clans and they had uh, processes and ceremonies for um, addressing uh, negative behavior, Mm -hmm. of addressing accidents and crisis, of resolving conflict. Um, And again, it wasn't it wasn't, you know, Disney, but Mm. all the processes were in place um, and they practiced them. They they lived them out. And it was it was incredibly inspiring to me to see that and to experience that and to be welcomed in. Um, They didn't have to welcome me in and, and I didn't have a good sense. Of history, um, which I know is important to you. <laughs> yes, um, very much. I so. didn't have an adequate understanding of history, and so I probably wasn't wise or careful in mm. all of my interactions with them as a as a white woman. And and yet they graciously welcomed me in. Um, in Russia, I think that that would be another um, principle. Um, in Russia, these people know their history so yeah. well, and their and and uh, they had such a strong sense of and a strong identity of being excellent. Um, so what I learned there was when people are committed, they are committed, like mm. committed. And when we arrived, it, it cost for people to be become part of a Protestant church. Yeah. And um, so so that high level of commitment the the excellence was seen in study of the word um again which as a community helps shape our worldview and and is an important part um because as we really meditate on the word it it shifts how we how we see things so that i really learned um from from the russian people uh their communities had been broken severely Mm -hmm. by uh by sort of being turned on one another so so that that sort of in an opposite way taught me the importance of of trust and community because there was such a lack of trust uh-huh. in in Russian community and as as you tried to build communities of faith
0: mm-hmm. that
1: was our biggest challenge to try and get people to trust each other yeah. um because there still was people who would inform on other people and um although it didn't have the strong implications that it had previously it it still had impact we you know we would have people not get into universities because they had (laughs) they had uh joined and things and then in regent um in in regent i i was there at a time when they were gentrifying the neighborhood they were called it revitalization and I, I learned from the other thing that I learned from all of these places was a really strong sense of place.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And and I think that that's really important in community. Uh, that strong sense of place playing a key role in identity. And again, although it's very biblical, I mean, yes. the whole journey of Israel was about a promised land and, and God's mm-hmm. original. So So place was really important in that. And yet, I think a lot in, in terms of church leadership, we don't bring out the best of that in people. We don't really disciple people into a healthy sense of place and identity. You know, we talk about heaven being, you know, yep. one day oh, yeah. and, and everything, but we don't take that strong sense of, of place and, and really ground it biblically for people so that it, it stays a healthy factor. Um, uh, how people look out for each other when they've sort of been abandoned by larger community and and the people of Regent had were definitely um, abandoned by (laughs) by larger community and and cast out of larger Mm -hmm. community and how people look after each other on the margins was really fascinating to me and that's that's the place that I really learned about multicultural community because uh regent was a gateway community so people coming from all over the world um and and how they interacted with one another was really inspiring to me and has played a big role in how i i handle my global role here at at peoples so Mm -hmm. those are some of the things that i learned
0: i just going back to uh thinking about all of these places and place, which, mm-hmm. which I think, yeah, we, we don't understand and don't work with well enough. How I'm, I'm going into a completely new area here, but uh, and therefore just throwing it out, but how does this play out in a digital world um, where places, well, there is a new locale or a new place, but what, what really is it? And how do we, how do we work with that? combining the analog and the digital, if we want to use those two terms.
1: Yeah. um, I, I, I don't, first of all, I don't think we should despise um, uh, the online reality. I mean, this is happening online. And (laughs) and it's, it's opened up uh, a lot of really wonderful avenues. I know that because I, as I said, I do global work and even pre-pandemic, a lot of our work was over Zoom and and staying in touch with partners. So it's opened up an incredible opportunity, but we have to understand the role of digital world as supplementary to, not as replacement of. And I think that that is, is going to be key because we are a people of place. We are a people of touch. We are a people who require physical proximity. And digital can supplement those relationships and add to them, but it can never replace them. And, and I again, I think as leaders, we need to be really encouraging people. So if you're not, so we have completely online service, a person, yeah. we have online life groups, we have online services, we have online everything. But we always say to people, if you're not able to come, because we are a commuter church, if you're not able to come, where are you going? Who are you spending uh-huh. physical time with? How are you honoring the, the place where you are, whatever your community is? So so we'll talk about general principles, whereas a, as a community-based church, you could be more specific yeah. in talking about where people are gathering, how you're honoring your space, what community gardening looks like, mm-hmm. how you can keep your space kingdom, right. you know. Uh, whereas we can only line out principles for people.
0: Which, which, which begs the question of, uh, that I'm hearing more and more is, you know, what is a church?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think just in the same spirit of what is, who is my neighbor, <laughs> we all, we always have to be asking that, mm-hmm. um, because I, I think the spirit can define that in so many ways. And, and it's for me, um, in in my family, I've I've fostered children all my life, and uh, all my adult life. And um, uh, so, people will often say to me, you know, oh, you know, describe your family, and I'll say, <laughs> complicated question. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 so, who is my family? Um, you know, you know. I, I, I know the children who still consider me their primary caregiver and others have gone back to their own families and, and would consider me a a, a kind and, and loving support for a period yep. of time. And, and I think that's much the same as church. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that we should be hard and fast in, in saying what it is, but the, the basic principles have to be there. It it has to be relational
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, There has to be, uh, there has to be a level of shared values to that. Um, And there, it has to be commitment. There has to be some level of promise, because I think that, that promise is the only thing that, that uh, God gifted us with that keeps, that keeps relationships safe.
2: Yeah.
1: Promise, Promise is the thing that keeps our relationship with him safe. And promises the thing that keeps our relationship with other people. So I encourage people to make that explicit because um, it's important to understand what your commitment and promises to me are. Um, and again, whatever that looks like in, in voicing that to one another. But there needs to be some level of, of commitment among a community of faith. So I would say that's it. Relational. Relational. Um, I, I believe there does need to be some kind of uh, commitment and shared values, um, and it all centers around Jesus. That's what makes it church and not just some other kind of form of community. Um, yeah, it has to be absolutely Christ centered.
0: All right, I, I I'm unfortunately I I'm the timekeeper in this, and okay. we're about out of time. Unfortunately, because I have about three or four, or 20 or a hundred more questions to ask. But let me let me just ask a, a very basic question for a small church pastor.
2: Yes.
0: Um, what one piece of advice would you give to a small church pastor as they seek to help their congregations be community-based?
1: mm mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I, I feel like a one-note, Johnny, but uh, really commission them on their front line, mm. honor their front line. So, if their front line is uh, is with their fellow farmers, tell them to be the most excellent farmer, uh, the the most excellent uh, friend to those those people. Um, if if they're a teacher, uh, then you know. So, I, I, I would encourage it's to to mobilize his people into the community is to honor the calling God has placed on their life, to equip them for that calling. Sometimes as as church leaders, we, we pour a lot of resources, financial uh, and equipping resources into preparing people for church programs. Mm -hmm. I would encourage church leaders to actually say, how can I support you as a teacher? How can the church, you know, Even invest maybe even some funds to Mm -hmm. to help you be a really excellent jesus following teacher Mm um uh next week we will be commissioning our congregation on their front line um Uh, yeah and and so this is something that we do because uh traditionally we've been a missionary sending church right yeah and Unfortunately, what that meant, and, and maybe even in, in small churches, you know, well, oh, that's the pastor's job um, that sort of the the we even use the words full time ministry. <laughs> yeah. um, that's such a that's such a, a false paradigm. It's not even biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's a full time minister. So how do leaders commission, mobilize, equip people in their community, on their front line, and make sure they know this is a kingdom. This is a kingdom responsibility that you have.
0: Well, thank you. I, I, I hate to say it, but that's it. We're done.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> thank you very, very much. Uh, I look forward to hearing uh, feedback on, on what you've said, because, boy, I tell you, you've, you've brought out a number of phrases that I'm going to be using in the next little while. Some very good principles. So okay. thank you very much, Sandra.
1: Blessing. Take care.
0: Thank you.